and ready to go. Hot Mike with Hunter Withrow is underway. The Friday edition has arrived. We've made it into the football weekends. Six the Peabody, our location with Ehop Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. And the network for Outkick includes the YouTube channel, streaming live. You can search out Outkick there. Jump in the chat with Chad. We'll see uh, how it goes today compared to the last couple of days, Chad. Always I'm, busy. You know, uh, yesterday uh, left with a bit of a sour, uh, sour taste in my mouth from the, the chat. But uh, I'm back today. I don't hold yesterday against today. The new I think day. we're going to have a completely new day. We're going to have a completely different showing today. Time to start fresh. Band-Aid's been pulled off. We're ready to go. It's Friday. Uh, I'm excited about today's show. Um, Hutton, there's a... I feel like every day there's a little something new with this Michigan story. Yes, uh, yes, there is. And uh, we'll, throughout the show, we'll, we'll definitely give the very latest on that. Plus, Joe Burrow out for the year with a uh, ligament uh, issue. He's torn ligament in his wrist, in his hand. He's going to have surgery. Uh, uh, the thought is he will, but he's out for the, the season. We'll detail that in just a moment. Michael Fabiano joins us uh, later this hour. We will have uh, our roster set through the expert on all things fantasy football, Todd Furman. Steps in for Kelly in Vegas today. He joins us in an hour from now as we will follow his lead on the top bets of the weekend. Top 10 games of the college football weekend. Withrow's got that for you today. Plus, Michelle Tafoya, four-time Emmy Award winner. Uh, she has uh, a, a new feature coming out where she's narrating um, the triangles. Dayton Triangles, and, uh, a team, and I'm a historian of, of sport in a lot of ways. That is not a team I'm familiar with no. as to playing the first ever NFL game. One of the uh, originals and the first. You're right. We, we dive into that with her. Plus, uh, her thoughts on Carissa Thompson, sideline reporting, and uh, everything that's been uh, responded to uh, in regards to what Carissa had to say on uh, Pardon My Take. Uh, plus, gun show in studio with us in hour number three. Shot of adrenaline late in the show today. That's right. We warned uh, the studio about guns being here in studio, so they're ready. Chad, uh, new evidence and a new tone from the University of Michigan and the athletic department, the football program. Um, word coming out through Pete Thamel that the NCAA had informed Michigan of new evidence this week, and that led to the change of direction in their approach to how they would argue the three-game suspension that had already been served by one game through Harbaugh last week. And they accepted the three-game suspension for the regular season. The Big Ten closed their investigation. Of course, the NCAA, that remains open. And the latest piece of info links to uh, Chris Partridge, their linebackers coach, who's really good friends, who, with who you might expect, Connor Stallions. <laughs> and the information there has led Michigan to not necessarily go on the tirade every time someone is up against them. Instead, they've accepted the suspension, and they are continuing to fully cooperate, so much so that Chris Partridge, linebacker's coach, fired from the Michigan coaching staff. And while there's not full detail on what exactly this new evidence was, Chad, it's, it's evident that it's evidence that was damning enough to require Partridge to no longer be a part of the Michigan football coaching staff effective immediately. So here we go again, where I continue to ask the question, what's next? Because while Jim Harbaugh is serving a three-game suspension, he's coaching during the week, 
He's going with the team to Maryland, but he can't be on the, the, the premise of the football stadium tomorrow. What seemed like a very, I, I felt like a fair suspension from the Big Ten's perspective of three games. Once that served, as of yesterday, I'm leaving the studio thinking, once that served, well, it's going to be time served as they move forward. But what feels fair on November 17th? Where are we going to be potentially on New Year's Eve and the college football playoff if Michigan's there and more evidence continues to roll out? Because I don't think we're done in the least with, uh, with what we've seen so far because it continues to be rolled out there and media reports allow us to ask daily questions about what's going on here, Chad. Yeah, and one piece of this that has not been further explored that I think will at some point uh, as the, the coverage develops on this story is the gambling aspect of it. Yeah. Um, hey, we're going to talk about a Joe Burrow story where Cincinnati might be in trouble for posting a photo of him in an air cast on his hand and then deleting that photo because they didn't disclose any type of injury for Joe Burrow. Then he quickly goes out of the game. Uh, where he was dealing with something going in. And a big part of that is the integrity of sports gambling and wanting it to be on the up and up and wanting the knowledge being out there for betters. Mm -hmm. Well, if you've got this intricate, illegal sign-stealing operation that while maybe it doesn't affect the win-loss record for, for Michigan, maybe they win all those games and they lose the, one, the other ones no matter what, but it may have affected a line here or there. Uh, and that's something to look into and investigate also. So we went from Michigan versus everybody on T-shirts and signs and everything else to Michigan firing an assistant coach, not going to bat for Jim Harbaugh and, going and having their day in court to be heard and accepting the punishment. A very different tone coming out of Ann Arbor as the week has developed. And I now do wonder you had that kick of adrenaline, excitement, and defensiveness and loyalty and all of that. Urban Meyer said it on Big Noon Kickoff. I almost feel bad for Penn State because he was talking with some Michigan people around the team and said, that is a pissed-off team that is united and ready to go. How far can that carry them now that they're starting to see, and these kids are smart enough to know, they're starting to see, eh, seems like we're kind of falling on the sword here as an administration and university. Didn't go and try to get that injunction to have our head coach here on game days. Didn't fight for us on that one. Now they're firing uh, our linebackers coach the day before a game on the road against Maryland. I wonder if we're going to start to see some cracks within that team now in terms of how they play on Saturdays. I don't think it costs them at all against Maryland, but does that affect them against Ohio State? It could. Yeah. But Hutton, here's the, you know, what does the future hold for Michigan? I don't know. That's now up to the NCAA. The Big Ten has ruled. They're not going to have anything else happen to them from there. So now you just white-knuckle it to the finish line if you're a Michigan fan. What's your goal? What do you want? You want to go win a national title this year. Because if that happens, no one's taking that away from Michigan. We can talk about removing banners and all of that and, oh, it didn't happen. I, Michigan's got to go out there now and say, hey, this has happened. We're admitting it as a university. We're not fighting for our co head coach anymore, and we fire. In fact, we're firing a linebackers coach for allegedly destroying evidence that the NCAA could have used. Now you just got to go out there and win and try to win it all because the NCAA is not going to rule in time for anything to happen this year. If if Michigan is able to continue to win, and we talked about the last week and a half, 
What can the rest of the Big Ten do about this? Well, Maryland and Ohio State, they have a chance to take justice into their own hands and end Michigan's shot at a national championship over the course of these next two weeks. Yeah, and that's really the, the, last, the last option on the table right now for the, the justice that would be served to Michigan. Uh, unless, uh, so going back to yesterday, the, the, the note that the investigation, the Big Ten had agreed to close their investigation. What would be enough to reopen one or start a new one based on more evidence mounting? Because that, what you're being suspended on for violation of the sportsmanship policy, that was based on what the Big Ten had at hand and that didn't link anything to Harbaugh. What if something does? Yeah, I don't think they're going to pile on with anything else because Harbaugh's the one facing the punishment anyways. So even if they have some sort of link to Harbaugh, they can just easily come back and say, hey, we looked at it. He, we believe he knew anyways, even though we don't have evidence to prove it. He's the head coach, though. He's responsible for it. I, I don't think the Big Ten's going to come back and do a thing. This is on the NCAA now. They, Tony Petiti looked strong in this case because he acted, he acted quickly, and he avoided courtrooms. In the, in the end, well, Michigan decided to say, okay, we'll take our punishment and we'll move on. But what so it, I don't well, think let me go back else. to what you had mentioned earlier this week, though. It's the 13. It's not just Tony Petiti. What if the 13 demand that something happened to Michigan based on new evidence that, that mounts? I, then, I don't then, know what else they... The, well, I, it could link Harbaugh. But see, I... Because nothing does right now. And then that would link a lot of people, if that's the case. Look, it... <laughs> The, big, the other 13 teams believe Harbaugh knows already. So that's not going to change any of their opinions. They think that Michigan's lying about that, like most people do. It's one of two things. Either Harbaugh knew about it, and now he's lying about knowing about it, or Harbaugh doesn't know what's going on with every part of his, his program. And he's just kind of claiming incompetence. Which we know that's either not way, the case, it's a, right? There's too many loyal yeah, people there. Either way, it's a failure to monitor, right, and that whole thing. So... I don't know that – I'm trying to think of, Hutton, the, the hypothetical that could be discovered in this that would make the Big Ten want to act further. I don't think there is one. I think the Big Ten got what they wanted. I think the other 13 schools got what they wanted from Petiti. And Harbaugh was the one – because, remember, that was the big Michigan argument, right, was why are you punishing the guy that there's evidence that he didn't even know about it? Right. Well, you punish the guy because he's the head guy. And there, this, is, well, what, and, and this they, is what conferences and the NCAA – They've been tasked to move forward punishing the head coaches more than the, the, the future players or even the current players at times. So that's why you punish the head coach. Think about the timing to this today. So let's, let's say that Michigan did not agree to just stand, stand down and, and serve the three-game suspension, that they went forward with the hearing today. And this news comes out this morning on the day of that. That would certainly affect everything as they go in front of the judge. And, and, the, and you mentioned the uh, destroy, uh, destroying evidence that could be important to the NCAA investigation. So Michigan, in, in stating their reasoning, says that they fired Partridge because he did not, quote, abide by the university directive not to discuss an ongoing NCAA investigation with anyone associated, which means he failed to satisfactorily uh, perform his duties. Um, so he's leaking information here? Not discussing an ongoing NCAA investigation. You talking about the the assistant, the linebacker yeah, coach? Yeah. So two parts of this are confusing. Why he's suspended? I, again, semantics. I believe that Michigan believes he was very much involved with Connor Stallions and all this, 
right. that's why they're firing him because they know there's a trace back. And whether he deleted things or not, they, they believe they've got enough to know we're firing this guy with cause because he was involved in this cheating scandal. So whether they're going to say that or not, that's all legalese why they're not saying it. So I think they believe that. The other confusing part of this is the NCAA has made a policy to never discuss an ongoing investigation with the school being investigated. And there are multiple really good college football reporters saying Michigan got further information from the NCAA that the NCAA has on them. Hutton, I think that's more of an orchestrated effort from the Big Ten office Mm -hmm. and the NCAA. So the NCAA could go ahead and tip Michigan off and say, guys, we got you on this, this, and this too. So Michigan could then say, okay, we're not going to go to court. Right, we'll go ahead and take the punishment from the Big Ten. I think that's more of the Big Ten and the NCAA working together. And Tony Petiti saying, if you let them know that, they're more apt to back down on this temporary restraining order. So then we can move forward with this punishment, and then you guys can continue doing your job. And then eventually, you know, a year, year and a half from now, probably levy some sort of punishment to Michigan. There, there are people, uh, reporters. Uh those, those that are around the programs uh, for Ohio State and Michigan that believe that not having Harbaugh on the sideline on game day in two weeks or a week from now will, will be detrimental. Like that, that will be a huge issue for Michigan. Now, we haven't seen that to be the case. It wasn't against Penn State. Uh, literally, all they had to do was turn around and hand off. Um, and it should not be an issue tomorrow against Maryland. But even though he's there during the week, he's there during all the preparation. He's there on the uh, road trip, so certainly be there the night before the game and on game day morning for Michigan and Ohio State. Does the not having Jim Harbaugh on the sideline for that game, when you're having to make crucial coaching decisions, play a massive factor? I, I can buy into that. Yeah. Because that that would that is always a tight window ball game at halftime. And at halftime, the adjustments made, Chad, by Michigan the last couple of years, they've come out and boat raced them in the third and fourth quarter. Yeah. You know, th- well, and there I, is something I, to that. And look, we're going we're gonna to have time to get into these next two games for sure. Um, here's the big picture thing that I, I want to – we're going to address once the season ends on this. And this is without knowing how Michigan's going to finish, if they're going to be playing for a national title in the playoff or right. if they're losing this week or next and not going to the Big Ten championship game. Um, Michigan's tone has changed a lot this week. Will their tone change on Jim Harbaugh once the season ends? Because it's been all just praise, defense of their head coach, integrity, yada, yada, yada. That can change too. And are we eventually hunting back to that same exact spot we were in when the first NCAA case was happening and the first three-game suspension happened where we all said, well, this is the last year with Harbaugh. You got a really good team. Better go out and win it this year because this guy's going to bolt for the NFL as soon as the season's over. And that turned when Michigan was so loyal to him throughout all of this, at least with me. Does it turn back does after it, the season does where it, he's gone? Doesn't part of you believe the reason why it's been all, all for one, one for all? Because they're winning? Oh, no doubt about it. If they don't, like, if they win, They're facing two separate NCAA investigations. But, like, if they go on and win, they're going to back him. Yeah, I mean, you're saying if they if they win the national title, they're going yeah. to back him. Oh, I, no doubt about that. They, if, you know, if I'm they saying if they lose one game, break. let's say they lose in the playoff or the national championship game, are they backing Jim Harbaugh in the offseason? Or are they coming down from that a little bit and allowing him to go to the NFL 
or do something different. And what does Jim Harbaugh think? Is he like, man, these guys have been so loyal to me. They've defended me. I'm not leaving this place for anything now. I'm going to see them through whatever happens. Or does he think back to early season Jim Harbaugh where he's saying, why do I have to mess with the NCAA? I'm going to get back in the NFL game. I don't have to mess with that anymore. Yeah. It, that's going to be interesting to see once this season ends. Chad, going into week 11 for the NFL, the AFC North was the only division where every team was winning, winning record. And now this, what, last few days, they're down Deshaun Watson and now Joe Burrow. We'll discuss Burrow's injury next. What a difference a week makes within the AFC North. Mm. Hot Mike with Hunter Withrow rolls on across the Outkick Network. Six the PBI location with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Chad Joe Burrow out for the remainder of the season. Torn ligament in his wrist. Of course, he was seen on the video with the aircast wrap, and they quickly took that down. That's because, well, the Bengals didn't list him on the injury report all week. He shows up in Baltimore in a short week, Thursday night football, where the Ravens win and uh, move on uh, with their uh, their lead right now, currently, uh, based on expectations and the fact that the quarterbacks are down. Burrow's out. He just signed a $275 million contract over a five-year period, $219 million fully guaranteed, an average of $55 million per season. Banged up to begin the season with the calf issue, comes back, was playing well, now has the wrist, and he's done. And so are the Bengals, quite frankly. They were in this, and they, at one point, midway through the season, well, I, I should say about uh, just past the week seven mark or so, they looked like one of the best teams in the oh, NFL. They had figured it out after the rough start. I mean, we going. were, what, at one and two or one and three? Yes. One, I think after yep. the loss to the Titans, uh, the question was, are, are, is Cincinnati dead? They were very much were not dead. They're playing their best football, and now this happens. Yep. This is a bummer of an NFL season. Uh, I, I don't know any other way to put it. We're, we're going to watch. It's still going to be compelling week to week, all of that. And America's still going to watch. And we've seen some of the ratings skyrocket, uh, in part due to Taylor Swift, quite frankly, and the games that she's been at. Um, all of these quarterback injuries, though, Hutton, this to me is the worst-case scenario for the league. I, th this is the one that this is why every rule is there to try to protect the quarterback. And I think most fans, when you really take a step back and think about it, some of the penalties are ridiculous. We all see them and right. we know the ones that are ridiculous and it is touch football at times on certain plays. And I don't know what the defense can do, but the defense has had more of an upper hand this year in football. And with all of these quarterbacks going out, and it's not just because of dirty hits with all of them and all that. It just leads to kind of a bummer of a season. I mean, you want the star quarterbacks. These are the guys that are in the commercials that everyone knows. You want them on the field. And when they're not there, it really throws a wet blanket on the season. I'm looking around the league now at the contenders. And sure, you've got some healthy quarterbacks, guys that are playing that have that star power. But there's not enough. Too many of the starters are out so far this year. I, I hate it. So the big ones now Burrow, but also Aaron Rodgers, right, uh, with the Achilles. Anthony Richardson has had the, the shoulder problems. Uh, Daniel Jones uh, out with a knee. Kirk Cousins suffered the Achilles injury. And then Deshaun Watson earlier this week with the broken bone in his shoulder, now Burrow. And 
if you start to look around, so this was a highly contested division. Now, Dorian Thompson Robinson is going to be the starter for Cleveland. Uh, Jake Browning's the starter now in Cincinnati. And, well, Kenny Pickett. Big evaluation time for Kenny Pickett down the second half of the season here as Pittsburgh takes on Cleveland. And, of course, the front runner now, Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens, who... Who took care of business last they, night. They did. And a, a, a game they had to win. Just like Pittsburgh needs to win against Cleveland. Yeah. Without Watson. I mean, the defense is good enough to go on the road or, or host and, and win, go on the road, and it travels. And can they run the football? But Cleveland's down not just Sean Watson, but also Nick Chubb. They've been without him all season. They went into the week six and three. Well... What does it say about Kenny Pickett that Dorian Thompson Robinson is starting and Vegas has the Browns as a favorite against him and his team? Look, I think that's a high and, and due respect to the defense of Cleveland. Oh, it's totally the defense of Cleveland. And but the, I'm saying the Steelers' offensive line that shouldn't be the and case. Matt Canada, that, that yeah, that, <laughs> that that to me is kind of an indictment on Kenny Pickett. Too. No, I, well, it's it's all of it. Uh, you've it, got he your has starter not at anything. quarterback. I'm with you, man. He hasn't proven anything. And I love Kenny Pickett coming out of Pitt. Yes, um, I still I still like the the prospect and the idea of what Pickett can do. Yeah, he's not Matt Jones. Not seen, no, he's not that bad. We have just not seen it. And now the Bengals went all in with Burrow, and they're just not getting the result this year. And this was the year. Keep in mind, too, what they've done is they didn't trade away Higgins this offseason. Of course, he's been banged up and hurt. They didn't trade him at the trade deadline, and you had the big three at wide receiver that you're unlikely to have moving forward because Higgins is going to get paid this offseason. Yeah, and it's not going to be from Cincinnati. No. Because of the investments made and what they have to do now on defense too, but it's a, it's a bummer. Chad, I'm with you, man. We went into a week with ten rookies starting, right? That you had a new NFL record with ten rookies starting, and now, while you still have Jalen Hurts and Patrick Mahomes matching up this week, um, but you'll see Russell Wilson, who's playing, playing well, and there's still some quarterback uh, guys you can lean on that are playoff contenders like Lamar Jackson. The guys that are also supposedly Super Bowl contenders aren't in the mix this year with Burrow and Rodgers. We haven't heard much on Rodgers in the comeback in like a week and a yeah, half or so. Yeah, I think as the Jets continue to lose, I think that gets quiet a little bit to where... Josh Allen's not playing well. Tua, you know, Tua's off the bye week. They're taking on a 5-5 five and five. Yeah, I think, it's, I think it's going to be more of a business decision now by both the Jets and Rodgers when they're out of the playoff race. Uh, even if he, you know, even if he could come back the last few weeks, I, I doubt he will at this point, uh, given, you know, not much at stake uh, for the Jets. And then he could just have an entire offseason to get, get ready. At least Monday Night Football, Hutton, we've got two starters that are healthy That's right. this week. Chad, with Mahomes and Hurts. Chad, I, I mentioned the, the Bengals didn't post the injury or list Burrow on the injury report. NFL said they're, they're looking into this as to why he wasn't on the injury report this week. Because the Bengals had posted and then later deleted a video on social media showing Burrow getting off the team bus with his, his right hand. And an air a, cast. Like a soft cast. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, reviews are not uncommon from the end. We saw it earlier this, uh, earlier this year uh, with uh, an illness, you know, that took place. But this is a bit different because... You mentioned the betting lines for Michigan. and it did, If you've got 
the Bengals, who have been playing well, coming off a loss, same as Baltimore, in a big AFC North matchup on Thursday Night Football, and you're betting heavy on Cincy, you'd be glancing at the injury report to see how they match up against the Ravens team right now. Yeah, and reading that, about that's this. That's why they look into this. Now, well, they did it to Pittsburgh. Mike Tomlin got fined. The team got fined. Did they lose a draft pick at one point for not disclosing a Ben Roethlisberger injury? You can't lose read a that draft right? pick. That, that's something that they can't take from you. You can. I, I don't think they did. I think they just got fined. Uh, the Steelers Normally did. it's a fine. So I'm guessing this will be a fine also. But, I mean, if you're the league, anything requiring any type of cast should be reported <laughs> as questionable yeah. or whatever. Right? I mean, that's, this is pretty cut and dry. Like, they're going to have the video, even though they deleted it. Uh, they've seen the video. And they're going to know, hey, man, he's got an air cast on. We've got video evidence that you guys posted of this. He should have been listed in the injury report as whatever the status was for the game. And because he wasn't listed, I think they've got the Bengals dead to rights here, and they're going to find them at the very least. And, and what's, what's just, I think, dumb about it is in a short week, you don't even have to list players because they practiced. You, you estimate. It's an estimate of what he would have done in practice on a short week, yeah. on a Monday or Tuesday, through a walkthrough, especially for a team that's traveling on Wednesday. You're just putting him on the injury report, wrist, hand, whatever you want to say, and then it's just a, a limited, and then in parentheses, estimate, because it's a team walkthrough and that's it. And they still didn't list him there. Yeah, it, it's, it's either a massive oversight or he just didn't do anything during a walkthrough and was getting looked at with his hand. Either way, this is for, you're right, the gambling public. They, they, they point to specifics of uh, this rule as, you know, the competitive advantage it would give you against your opponent. With all the money involved in sports wagering now and all the companies involved with the NFL – this is a much bigger deal than even what it was for the integrity of the game. And they, they look into that and they at least want the perception that they're doing and penalizing and, and investigating things like this for the integrity of the game. We still haven't seen a, a quarterback be suspended for violating the gambling policy. Yeah, that's, that's not happening. Yeah. Quarterbacks know better, Hutton. Some of the smartest players on the roster. They, just, they, they know that gambling policy backwards just, and forwards. They just don't look into it. You know, that's, well, uh, Major League Baseball is the, the great example. Yeah, I've, of, I've mentioned that. I mean, like, that's one that's, you know, you, you, you don't want to know. Ignorance no. is bliss, I think, for certain leagues if they don't know what's going on. Mark Andrews also with a serious uh, ankle injury. Uh, that's expected. And that season. is huge. That's his best weapon. It, not not for, just for, best uh, weapon, Lamar. but most reliable. I mean, anytime it's a third down and you're watching a Ravens game and it's a passing situation, you're looking at Mark Andrews first and foremost. So that is a beaten up division. It's, it's going to be, it's going to be a limp to the finish line in that division with those teams. And Chad, you know, you know, too, people are saying, oh, Thursday night, short weeks, injuries. It's not going away. Not when you have the the streaming service of Amazon, who's has Thursday Night Football paying an extra billion for next week's Black Friday game. It's not going away. And the players have the CBA, and it's all based on their, their the salary caps based on the revenue, by and large, from the television revenue, the television contracts. Forty nine and a half percent go to them. It sucks. I do think the short week plays a factor. How could it not? 
Draymond Green, only a, a five-game suspension. I say five-game suspension because if you're looking into uh, previous incidents involving Draymond Green and the lengthy, lengthy number of issues we've seen him involved in, five games is a slap on the wrist here for putting Rudy Gobert in the chokehold. For, for uh, They're breaking up. Gobert's there to break up what's going on on the court. You have uh, Draymond putting him in the, the sleeper it, hole. It's it's 6% of the schedule. That's 6% of 82 games is five games. The dude had Rudy Gobert an extended sleeper hold. His own coach, Steve Kerr, who has gone to bat for him in the past and clearly loves the guy and what he brings the team because they chose him over the guy he punched in practice on video. They chose him over Jordan Poole. He says it's inexcusable. Steve Kerr said it's, it's absolutely inexcusable what he did and what happened there. Five games? I, a, am I crazy for they, thinking that is nothing? I, I was thinking half a season based on his track record. And I don't understand this. The NBA acknowledged that this five-game suspension was warranted by, quote, the history of unsportsmanlike acts. What, what's another 10-game suspension next? You know, like, th this is, uh, it's also, Draymond was also complaining about the money involved in this in-season tournament. Remember this? He yeah. wanted a million. They got 500000 Yeah, people would play, guys would play harder if it was a million. Yeah. <laughs> that's what he said. Well, he said initially that's what they were throwing out, and they came back with 500000 He thought it was cheap. Which, I mean. And a lot of players are making more. Th no one is going to uh, cry for the NBA no. that you make 500000 and not a million. That, I, that it, was, it's, it's interesting, though. As soon as they go on, the, they don't have Curry. You know, they're banged up, and he's suspended for five games and won't be competing for that championship cash. I, was I just say need to know cash. what you have to do repeatedly on the court, action-wise, to get a really lengthy suspension from the NBA and Adam Silver. I, I, I really thought this was – are they going to suspend the guy for the rest of the year, given how many times he's done this? I mean, there's got to be – what is this, his 11th strike on this thing? Countless. I mean, Countless. crazy that this is all that he's getting. It's in, it's, it, there will be Who another is, one. Uh, there oh, will be another one. Rasheed Wallace. Remember Rasheed Wallace is like breaking NBA records for technical fouls? Yes. And I feel like they had a special exception where if he got more, he was going to start just missing the next game like automatically. Well, there, there is, they There's something it. that kicked in. I think in. it's 16 is, yeah, the, is the one where I, it's an automatic suspension. I feel like there was something that was even put in for him because he got so many technical fouls for arguing with officials arguing with refs during games. Um, I'd have to go back and look that up, but that seems applicable to Draymond Green in this case. With the amount of times he's taken cheap shots and played dirty in games, that they would do something more than five games. I, I agree. I mean, that, and there were some that were saying that he shouldn't even be suspended, just fined, which is also just stupid. Uh, most technical fouls. Also, he wasn't fined. Clay Thompson got fined for his part in it. Draymond Green just got the suspension. Now, the suspensions cost him a lot of money. Yeah. I forget how much per game. He's not going to make his game checks during that time. So it is costing him that money as well. But there wasn't a fine on top of the suspension. There are two players all time with more technical fouls than Rasheed Wallace. And I'm surprised by them. I, I, I wouldn't list them automatically and think of them in this way. So Rasheed Wallace has 317 technicals. Charles Barkley's number two at 329. And Carl Malone at 332 for his career. 
Carl Malone had some sharp elbows when he played also. He had a he had a big elbowing issue when he was playing the league. That's a tough dude. How many techs would he have in this era compared to when he played with those oh, sharp gosh. elbows? Well, he'd only get a five-game suspension. Uh, we know that. <laughs> I mean, it'd be tough to get him out for more than five games. Coming up, Michael Fabiano joins us. We'll get the fantasy football perspective going into week 11 of the NFL. Sixth and Peabody, our location with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Glad you're with us. The Friday edition, Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow. Here on Rolling the along here, Network. Rolling. Rolling along as well with uh, Michael Fabiano, who joins us, the senior fantasy football expert, analyst for Sports Illustrated. He joins us weekly. Help us set our fantasy football rosters. Michael, how are you? Uh, kind of hectic. Um, there's been a lot of news that has been breaking within the last hour or so, which we will uh, be discussing. Yes. Uh, so Joe Burrow out for the year with the wrist injury. Um, and we mentioned previous segment here, you know, from a gambling perspective, you certainly want to know that going into the game the week from a fantasy fantasy perspective as well. That plays a factor uh, with a lot of uh, people right now that are setting their rosters again, hypothetically that guys aren't on injury reports that should be. Yeah, that was a weird scenario. And now the NFL apparently is going to investigate that because you saw that photo or that video of Burrow wearing something on his wrist and it was deleted off of the Bengal social media platforms. And then coincidentally, he hurts that same wrist in the game and now is out for the year. Uh, that's a little weird uh, to me. Uh, I'm guessing that something was going on with that risk. It wasn't reported. And um, now, unfortunately, he is out for the year. And he's kind of an irreplaceable option from a fantasy perspective. Like, remember when I told you guys that Kirk Cousins was maybe the biggest loss in fantasy football because he not only was a top 10 quarterback, but the players around him were also very valuable? Well, the same is going to go for Burrow, and it's going to go even doubly for Burrow because the Vikings were able to trade for Joshua Dobbs. Uh, The Bengals don't have that option because the trade deadline has passed. The best quarterback on the street might be uh, Joe Flacco. I don't know, Matt Ryan. I, you know, I mean, it, it, and and the Bengals are probably out of the playoffs at this point. Uh, they'd have to make a surprising run with Jake Browning under center. Jake Browning before last night had thrown one pass in the NFL. You know, he's an undrafted free agent that uh, signed on with the Vikings back in 2019, has very little experience as a starter in the NFL. So, what do you do with Jamar chase now? Like you've got to play him, but is he going to average 20 points per game with Browning under center? Like it did with burrow. No, hell if I get 15 from him, I'll take that right now. Uh, I'm concerned about him. I'm concerned about T Higgins. I'm concerned about the entire Bengals team. You know, chase is dealing with a sore back. What happens if the Bengals in week 15, 16 are out of the playoff hunt and that back starts getting uh, a little bit problematic. Maybe they sit him for the rest of the year. It's all bad. And so I would say this. If your trade deadline is not passed, try to trade for a quarterback to replace Burrow now because unless you're in a really weak league, there's not going to be anything out there on the waiver wire. Uh, And if you can trade Jamar Chase and get anything for him, you may want to consider it because this is not a good scenario. What about the replacement options for Mark Andrews in Baltimore? Are you trying to buy on Isaiah likely. Well, he's going to be the most popular option. 
at, at a thin position. I mean, it stinks. The thing was, we were going into last night's game. We were jazzed, right? Man, this is the best Thursday night game we've had all year long. It's going to be a lot of fun. And it ended up being a nightmare for fantasy managers <laughs> because you lost Mark Andrews, who's one of the three best tight ends of fantasy football. You lose Joe Burrow. And really, you lose faith in Jamar and all the Bengals moving forward. You know, maybe Joe Mixon, not so much because they're going to have to run the ball with a young and inexperienced quarterback under center. But at tight end, I mean, Pat Fryermuth could be back this week for Pittsburgh. He may have been dropped because he was on the injury list. So maybe he's available. Likely is going to be a, a popular add off the waiver wire. You can't replace Mark Andrews, you know, no matter how you try. Same thing as Burrow. Try and make a trade. Try If your deadline is not passed, try and make a trade now. If you're in contention, try and make a deal. Because the best tight ends on the waiver wire are not going to even be close to replacing what you're going to lose with Andrews. And at least if you make a trade, maybe you can make up for half or three quarters of what you get from Andrews. The problem is, think about tight ends. Darren Waller ain't playing. Dallas Goddard's not playing. It's already a thin position, so it might be hard to make a deal. But take a look at the roster. I mean, that's what you have to do as a fantasy GM. So let's go in your start uh, starters this week. Start them and sit them. And uh, we're going to start with a quarterback who is healthy right now <laughs> and the starter at the start of the season, Curling. which is nice to see, <laughs> uh, which is yeah, which is Jared Goff with the Lions. Yeah. And by the way, we can't lose any more quarterbacks in fantasy no. football. Like think about we, we lost Rodgers. I, I don't know if he's coming back um, or not, but uh, I'd be shocked. You know, we, we lost Anthony Richardson. We've lost Kirk Cousins. We lost to Sean Watson earlier in the season, uh, earlier in the week, excuse me. Uh, now, now we're losing uh, another quarterback in Joe Burrow. I mean, it's just been, I mean, we lost Daniel Jones, but he wasn't really any good uh, anyways, but uh, Jared Goff, let's hope he stays healthy because uh, he's been very good, especially at home. He's got the bears this week, great matchup uh, in a smash spot. Jared Goff is a virtual must start unless you have an elite quarterback. I've got Tony Richardson on this list. Uh, uh, excuse me, Tony Pollard. Uh, Tony Richardson's actually a friend of mine. Uh, the former Shout Jets out, and Tony. Chiefs fullback. Tony sounds like a good <laughs> so, dude, though. Uh, so he just popped into my head. Um, Can he tote uh, the rock to, also? <laughs> I'll, I'll, have to, uh, I'll have to text you after this. But Pollard has been bad this year. Five of his last six games, single-digit points. I mean, that's brutal. He hasn't scored a touchdown since, like, the Clinton administration. It's been awful. But he's got the Panthers this week, so you got to play him. And cross your fingers. Aaron Jones, same kind of thing. Four of his last five games, single-digit points. Ugh, it's terrible. But he's got the Chargers this week. Really bad against running backs. Start Aaron Jones. Uh, Tank Dell is a good play. We already know that Noah Brown's not going to play, and Noah Brown has been unbelievable the last two weeks. He's out. They could get Nico Collins back this week. It looks like it's trending in that direction. But Tank Dell, still a good play against the Cardinals. And how about Corlin Sutton? Like, he's quietly just putting up good numbers. They're not great. They're not eye-popping. But he's got a decent floor. His ceiling's not wicked high, but he's got the Vikings this week. They're bad against wide receivers. So Cortland Sutton is nice wide receiver two flex for you this week uh, in that Sunday night game. Because you've got Jared Goff in your stardom, we, we do have a listener submission I want to ask you about. Jared Goff versus the Bears or C.J. Stroud versus the Cardinals. Mm. You've got Tank Dell as a guy to start this week also. Who are you starting in that scenario? Two great plays. Um, and I have Goff ranked slightly ahead of Stroud for the week. The Bears are worse against quarterbacks than just about anybody. Uh, so I'm going to go with Goff at home. Also, just from the starting perspective, you still going with Josh Allen? You riding with Josh Allen? If I have Goff, if I have Dak Prescott, then I could 
maybe not play Josh Allen this week. I hate the matchup. The Jets are really good against quarterbacks. The last time he played the Jets, he had nine points. That was back in week one. That stinks. Now, he'll be better than that. But he's turning the ball over a lot, and he's playing against arguably the best defense in the league. So the problem is he's Josh Allen. Uh, So you'd have to have one of those two quarterbacks. I mean, maybe C.J. Stroud. I have Josh Allen ranked ahead of him, though, uh, if you're really worried about Allen. But other than that, like, you know, I'm not playing Sam Howell over him, even though Sam Howell's been really good. I'm not playing Kyler Murray over him. I'm going to roll with Allen in most cases. You're also not wanting to play Trevor Lawrence this week, a part of your sit as says they take on the Titans at home. And I told you guys to sit him last week. He had two yep. points. Worst yep. game of the year. I just don't trust him. You know, a lot of people, oh, second half, he's been better, really. Isn't it week 11? This is kind of the second half. He's also it apparently hurt, according to Doug Peterson. Right. said he's battling through some injury issues. Another reason why, uh, and he got put on the injury report, another reason why you fade him, if you can, uh, against the Titans, uh, they've actually given up fewer than 15 fantasy points per game to quarterbacks over the last four games. Uh, yeah, Lawrence is hard to play. Isaiah Pacheco, too. I will say this. Isaiah Pacheco's had two bad games in a row. He's got the Eagles. They have the best run defense in the league. Trade for Pacheco now because you can buy low on him and the schedule gets way better down the stretch. But the Eagles have given up the fewest fantasy points, the fewest rushing yards to running backs. It's not a good, not a good spot for Pacheco on Monday night. I've got Najee Harris on the list. And earlier in the season, he was bad, but it was hard to start him. Now he's been really good and it's hard to sit him. (laughs) So, uh, but the Browns have a really good defense, especially on their home field. So keep tabs uh, on Najee Harris in terms of what you can do to replace him this week. Maybe you can sit him on the bench and flex a wide receiver instead because the matchup's not good. Uh, Adam Thielen, who's been really good most of the year, the last two weeks, the numbers have started to drop. He's playing against my beloved Dallas Cowboys this week. Now the Cowboys could potentially go on the road and and put up a stink bomb like they did against the Arizona Cardinals early in the year, but the Panthers are really bad. uh, And I don't know that Adam Thielen's going to pop this week uh, in a game where the Cowboys are double digit point favorites. And then Tyler Lockett, who's been on the injury report this week, dealing with an injury. And the problem here is that, well, first off late window game, second Rams. He has not done well against the Rams under 12 fantasy points in five of his last seven games against Los Angeles, including three where he had single digits. So now if he comes off the report and right now it's what three fifty on the East coast, uh, we're not going to get that report just yet. Even if he comes off the injury report, I think Tyler Lockett is a bit of a risk against the Rams and what's not a great matchup, at least for him. Michael Fabiano, our guest fantasy football expert for sports illustrated. Speaking of sit Earlier, and I, I'm on my team, I've got Calvin Ridley. And, and the usage recently, a couple of weeks ago, I'm thinking, well, this is a, they're going to get back on track with him. This is now a trend with how they're, they're using him. They're blown out, and he had, what, three targets uh, a week ago? That's crazy to me. I'm, I'm not understanding Calvin Ridley and the production on the field and for fantasy football owners elsewhere. I think there's two things you can point at. Number one, Uh, We underestimated Christian Kirk. Uh, I had Ridley ranked ahead of Kirk and, um, you know, not, not smart on my, uh, on my part. I think a lot of people probably did because we remember what he did in Atlanta, but Lawrence certainly has a better rapport with Christian Kirk. He's been the more reliable wide receiver. So I think we, we probably overestimated what Ridley would be. We didn't expect Lawrence to be this bad. In fact, we thought he'd be better than he was last year when he had his best NFL season short sample size, but still he was good last year. And also, I mean, Travis Etienne has been great. 
And so they've been leaning on Etienne in the running game and to some degree in the passing game a little bit more than maybe we expected. Remember, we were a little concerned about Tank Bigsby back in the preseason. Well, right. Etienne's been great. And the Jaguars are winning games with Etienne. I mean, before they got smoked by the Niners last week, I mean, they're a first place team and they were winning games. So Ridley's kind of been the uh, on the outside looking in. And unfortunately, with Lawrence playing not at a great level and dealing with an injury, I don't know that we're going to see much of a change. Uh, right now, Ridley's a risk-reward flex at best, and uh, that's not something we would have predicted eight to nine weeks ago when it looked like he was going to be all-world in fantasy football. How do you view Devin Achan coming back from injury for the Dolphins? He had the one gigantic game where I had him on the bench. Uh, started him after that, and he did okay, did, and then he got hurt. A lot of people did. Yeah, that came out of nowhere. Uh, should we be surprised by another huge performance, or is this a guy worthy of a start? Oh my no! If he's if he's back, play him. Uh, and the the Dolphins will have until tomorrow uh, at four p.m. to get him off of the injured list, which it looks like he's going to be activated. At least uh, Mike McDaniel had come out and said that he's pretty optimistic that Achan will be able to play. Uh, if he's back, you start him. Like that kid's explosive as hell, and the Dolphins' backfield has been great. I mean, who leads the NFL in rushing touchdowns this year? It's not Derrick Henry. It's not Christian McCaffrey. It's actually Raheem Mostert. Uh, and you know who number two is? It's Gus Edwards. <laughs> like Gus Edwards has wow. 10 rushing touchdowns. It's bananas. It's crazy town. Um, he's got the second most among running backs, which is no one saw that coming. But if you got him, you love him. Yeah, if a chance back, you play him. You know, Justin Jefferson, same kind of thing. The problem is it's a Sunday night game. And I, I mean, I don't know. He was limited in practice all week. So my guess is that we probably won't have him back. Um, and I would be setting my lineup as if I wasn't going to get Justin Jefferson back, but it looks like A-Chan is going to be good to go. Final 15 seconds uh, of your 12 fantasy teams, Michael. Uh, how many of them are losing records, and what's the worst record? Uh, 15, by the way, not 12. 15, sorry. Uh, <laughs> I went 14-1 and one last week, which means I'm wow. screwed this week. I'm going 1-14 and 14 this week. 14 I'm done, and, one. and I'm already in trouble because I started Mark Andrews like any good fantasy manager would. I started Jamar Chase like any good fantasy manager would. I started Joe Burrow, same thing. And I, they, those guys gave me bupkis. So, like, I'm going to be in trouble this week. I don't know There's how no any, if you propose that. a trade, I'm not, I'm not trading with you in any of these <laughs> Michael Fabiano I'm has hoping, been our guest. Hey. I'm hoping uh, to make the playoffs in, like, 10 to 12 of those 15 leagues. We'll see. It's not bad. We follow your advice. We will, too. Hey, thank you so much uh, for this each and every week, and good luck this weekend. Hey, guys, have a great holiday next week, and good luck. Yep, same same to, you. to you. Thank you, Michael. Michael Fabiano, uh, thankful that he joins us yeah, weekly. he's great. Coming up, Todd Furman joins us. We'll break down the lines across college and NFL. That's straight ahead on Hot Mike.